The Success in South Florida podcast is brought to you by the team at Rawson Law Firm. If you need DUI or criminal defense representation, call the Rawson Law Firm at 754-206-6200 or check the description of today's episode for more contact information. The Rawson Law Firm, helping good people when bad things happen so they can achieve their best futures. Welcome to Success in South Florida, featuring interviews with entrepreneurs, leaders, and other movers and shakers across South Florida to find out how they're doing their part to enhance the local community. Your host is Adam Rawson, the founder and CEO of the Rawson Law Firm. Adam's an award-winning attorney, former prosecutor, and a lifelong South Florida resident. He became an attorney because he believes in helping those in need and in crafting lifelong relationships in the community. This podcast is an extension of that mission. Let's get to today's interview. Here's Adam Rawson. All right, and welcome back to the Success in South Florida podcast. And on today's episode, I'm so excited to have Brett Tremblay on. Brett is an attorney. He's the owner of the Tremblay Law Firm, and he is also the um, co-founder of Get Staffed Up, which is a virtual assistant uh, legal staffing company, placement company. And I've had the great fortune of knowing Brett for the last few years, and he's doing some amazing big things in South Florida. So Brett, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Adam, dude, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, man. Congrats on your new podcast. Looking forward to chatting today. Oh yeah, thanks. You were definitely at the top of my my short list for one of our first um, you know, guests. So I'm so glad we can have you here. So Brett, you know, we've I've only known you for about a few years now and and you're somebody who just doing amazing big things, somebody who I look up to. So talk to our people now about just kind of your you know, your journey, um, you know, going to law school, becoming a lawyer, what you decided to do and eventually how that led you to get staffed up. Awesome. Sure. Well, feel free to interrupt me so I don't I don't go on a 20 minute little diatribe here about my life. But um, I I got to South Florida in 2005, went to University of Miami Law School, was really heavy on the trial team, you know, had pretty good grades. I, I was like 0.1 away from from graduating with honors. And I always make the joke that if you weighted GPA by amount of hours study that I was clearly valedictorian because, <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely came to law school because I, I really wanted to be a student for another three years. I kind of wasn't done with, with, I wasn't ready for the real world, let's put it that way. But um, I've always had an entrepreneurial past and, and I didn't know where those two things would, would come together, but I was heavily involved in the trial team went to work for a small firm in South Miami right out of of law school three you know three years in I was just ready to to do something else frankly so I started I started Trembly law firm and figured you know I think I don't know man I used to say that us lawyers have always you know been high achievers in school and so we always have a sort of a like a a high a high opinion of ourselves for six, to be successful at something right and then it seems like like my confidence level was super high that I would be successful. It seems, however, that so many people suffer from imposter syndrome. So it's this weird dynamic where we got to be confident, but half of us, I think, are are just confused about what we're doing anyway. You know, like law school just doesn't get you ready for for how to be a lawyer at all, and it certainly doesn't no. get you ready for for how to run a business and. And so I struggled for quite a few years trying to run Trembly Law Firm, did it by myself for two and a half years, which was really miserable. 
And I finally got some good people around me, started reading the right books. And um, once I made the decision to start hiring to grow, it's really where everything took off for me. So now I got, you know, Inc. 5000, multiple businesses and and life's good. Oh, that's amazing, Brett. Well, you know, let's let's bring it back a little bit. You first said that you, you know, prior to law school, you had a bit of an entrepreneurial past. So what was that and, and how old were you when that started? Yeah. So let me, I, I shouldn't pretend like I had this experience running a business. I was, I was the kid who I did the donut stands, the lemonade stands. Um, I sold pencils in first grade that I, I took from my dad. My dad had a, a jewelry store um, that he ended up selling a few years later, but I figured I had to pay my own way through buying and selling things. Like now it's kind of coming back into popularity, you know, go to, go to one garage sale and buy something, clean it up and, and, and sell it somewhere else. I, fundraisers, right? Like I just would figure out how to make money in college. I had uh, a very small candy machine operation, not these huge vending machines, but but these things that would pump out each of them about you know thirty to fifty bucks per month in profit. And and where I went to school and back then that was that was decent money. And so you know that that was like I, I always just did things. I just took action. I'm I'm an activator, I guess. In in one of the one of the uh, personality, um, you know, sort of skill. Right, the, the Clifton, and, the Clifton one. Yeah, I there you go. The Clifton. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was happy to see that I was more of an activator than I was competitor, but I was number two. It was competitor. So um, <laughs> I, you know, I was I just, number one competitor and number three go. activator. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so very, very similar profiles, which is not surprising given how we've got similar things going on and we get along in, in those things. Um, so probably you and I have a similar sort of makeup, if that makes sense. So, you know, were, were you the same way a little bit with with entrepreneurial background? So a little bit. Well, well, I do want to say, so you were pretty much a student of Gary V before Gary V was even around, right? With the garage sales and all the different things, that, you know, Gary V, you know, has talked about for <laughs> quite, a, quite a while. I wouldn't say quite to your level, but I did have it as well a little bit. So I remember in maybe, oh, it must have been third or fourth grade, I was the one, I guess you can say I was GameStop before GameStop. I was the one selling oh. my, you know, my used Sega Genesis and you know Nintendo games <laughs> to all my friends in school. Had a little price right. sheet, was was haggling back and forth. And, you know, my parents helped me with that. So I, I distinctly remember that. I was never the kid who had a paper route or cut other people's, you know, lawns or anything like that or or did the garage sale stuff. But, you know, so I had it in me for a little bit. But then I think for me it kind of disappeared and then came back. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. you're definitely had it a little more than I did as a, as a kid, which is amazing, you know. And and it's something you shouldn't discount. You know, it's I think about the mindset rather than even just the execution. It's just kind of, you know, at that age, it's just thinking about it of, hey, you know, there's there's opportunities here. There's money to be made, or there's you know there, there's gold, right? What is it? One man's trash is another man's treasure. So treasure, yeah, you know, just thinking those and just thinking outside the box instead of always you know worrying about multiplication and division and what school teaches you of just saying, hey, what are what are some real life things? So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's so valuable and so amazing. So you had that past, and then. You go to law school. Now we both went. So I graduated UM Law in 06. So your first year was my third year there. My grades were not very good, regardless um, whether I studied a lot or studied a little. And I just, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to be. I mean, I, well, and and so you talk about imposter syndrome, and and I think a lot of it actually starts in law school because 
I went to law school and prior to law school, the only time I ever had a poor grade was when I didn't put in the effort. And most of the time I'd have great grades even without putting in that much effort. And in law school, especially my first year, I believe I thought I did put in the effort and I didn't like my grades. I didn't get, you know, good grades. And that was pretty disappointing to me, especially since I had a good, had a very good LSAT score, had a great GPA at the University of Florida and realizing that, you know, like one of my professors, my legal research and writing professor, our very first, um, you know, writing assignment, he said, Hey guys, you know, we had 12 kids in our class and he goes, Hey guys, great news and you know, good news and bad news. The good news is, is all of you are very smart, very brilliant, and y'all had great writing assignments. Okay, well, what's the bad news? Bad news is, is the curve is a C, so ninety four percent is a C plus. You don't like it? Hmm. Deal with it. This is law school, right? Yeah. And and that's what my experience was. So I think that's kind of where I really started to see that you know happen. Luckily for me, I, yeah. I, you know, I was I was a trial lawyer and a prosecutor. It's things that I naturally excelled at and really was interested in. So I didn't really have so much of the imposter syndrome once I got a real job. But I definitely see where it, it happens for a lot of people. Yeah, law school, man, I haven't really talked about law school in a long time, but it, it's bringing back memories. I think that that was the first time like you, I ever, I couldn't coast my way to a, a pretty good grade. You know, it's like I... I I remember getting my first C. I had one C my first semester and it was like, wow, I actually tried. And then here I am. Like, yeah. that's a weird, you know, a weird feeling. But but I didn't let that sort of mess with me other than, okay, you know what? Maybe there are some people who do read and write a little bit better than me, but it never it never deterred me from from knowing that based on what I felt were people's skills and social skills and 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 hustle that that I was I I looked at law school as a competitive landscape, but not the legal field. Like I didn't think that I wasn't going to get a good job or I wasn't going to you know X Y and Z. It was kind of like I I just I was willing to bet on myself. And um, of course, when we came out though, that was I was you know 2008, and that's when everything crashed. And so there there weren't a lot of jobs to go out anyway. So I guess that that's a different rabbit hole. But the the point being, oh, yeah. Adam, that that the mindset comes before action. So, you know, you kind of alluded to this. Some people like, you know, just take the first step, take the first step. Well, that's true. And you can sort of learn and fail and learn and fail and then figure out as you're taking action. But you still got to kind of know, like I prefer to just tell someone, get in the car and start driving. You'll figure out if you're in the right car later. You'll figure out where you're going later. But you still got to know a little bit how to drive. And so like the mindset behind, well, how do I get started? Why do I get started? That there is mindset work that needs to happen there for people that aren't just naturally inclined to just say, you know what, today's the day, let's go. I'm going to start my new business or, or my new whatever. Right. Yeah. I think, I think both go together. You know, there's plenty of people that will just start running without a plan. Um, right. And that's, that's never a great long-term solution. And there's plenty of people who just sit and wait, sit and wait and have that, you know, paralysis by analysis and never do anything. And, and definitely want to talk about get staffed up, but imagine if you spent you know, five years researching until it was perfect, right? You probably wouldn't have the company. <laughs> right. um, remember, the, I right. always think back to the very first iPhone. The very first iPhone was a terrible product. It didn't even have copy and paste functionality on it, but it was groundbreaking and revolutionary and they just made it better. It was an iterative process. They made it better every That's single it. time. The app store wasn't there until the second version. So, you know, imagine if they waited a year or two more until it was perfect for the time. 
So Brett, let's talk about what you said your firm didn't really take off until you started hiring people and growing and talk about that process and then how that process led you to get stepped up. Yeah, well, I had to learn about myself later. I was terrified of failure and being afraid of failure comes with your ego. And it's like, well, but then other people are going to say that I failed and I'm going to be embarrassed. That's what a lot of people are afraid of, uh, to put themselves out there. It, it's it's not true that somebody who's shy has less of an ego who's, than someone who's loud. And I actually don't think I'm necessarily either, but I'm just making the point. Sometimes a shy person doesn't talk because they're so worried about what other people are going to say about them, right? So a lot of what we all have in our heads is this idea that if we put ourselves out there and we quote unquote fail, and I'm 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 doing the you know the quotations here, the air quotes, because right. I don't see most of what other people probably see as failure as a, as a failure. You're just learning, right? You're just just figuring it out. But I I at the time, you know, I was in my early 30s. And starting your own firm is is a big step. But, you know, it's not that hard. You just make up your last name and law firm and then you've started your firm and everybody congratulates you, right? It's not wanting that firm to fail so that other people say, oh, look at this guy or girl. They they tried and they failed. That keeps people from, from taking risk, even though they've started their own business, right? It's a very low risk business to start. There's not, not really any overhead you know, because if once you put yourself out there, if you sign that lease, you know, you put up the website and you start hiring people and then you got a reverse track as you run out of money, then that's that's a terrifying feeling. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, like this is a lot of years of mindset work and reading the right books, I think. But I was I was afraid of that failure. And so um, I finally had somebody get through to me because I, I joined some programs and I paid for some coaching. And, and thankfully, I found the right people because there's a lot of people out there who they have the smallest amount of success and now they're new, the, the new guru, right? Who's ready right. to teach. We see and a ton so, of that now. Oh yeah, it's, it's all over the place. And so, um, you know, like I had to just finally, somebody got through to me. He's like, you have to hire someone else. You're doing all this stuff on your own. And now this is what I teach. And now it's so easy. But every time I say this out loud, I feel myself getting a little bit fired up d- deep down in my gut because I'm projecting at my old self, which is like, dude, you should have you sh- like this is simple math. You're doing all the tasks that at the time, you know, a eight to ten dollar an hour person should be doing and you're getting in your own way. And that's why you're stuck. I was so stuck and I couldn't surpass a certain amount of, of revenue at my firm. And then when you when you do the same thing over and over and just think you'll just kind of get better and make more money. It doesn't make any sense, right? You're on the hamster wheel. You're working hard, but you're going nowhere. And um, it's because you're you're doing things preventing you from from bringing in, like you're saying, you need to say no. And you just say no to things that, that don't protect your time and that don't serve you. That's the story behind hiring. You hire people not to, you know, some people say delegation is a dirty word. You're, you're giving people a job. They're accepting what you're offering them. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. They're learning from you and maybe they'll stay with you or go on to do their own thing. But you hire people to do the things that are getting in the way from you running your business because that's what you have. You have a business and it needs to be run a certain way. So I I know there's a lot there, but man, just thinking about those early days and and doing everything myself is is painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you said you graduated in 08 during the recession. Well, I March 1st, 2008 is when I left the prosecutor's office to start my own firm with my roommate Uh, at the time and a really good buddy. And we're still buddies. And yeah. And, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, which in a way we were too stupid to fail. 
but we were 26. <laughs> we, you know, we weren't married. We didn't have kids. We didn't need a lot of money to live off of. So that was great because all of our buddies at the prosecutor's office said, Hey, they'll be back in right. six months. You know, they had, they had bets on when we were coming back um, or uh. you know, crawling back. And that never happened, but really from 08 into 15, we we hit one level and never really grew after that. And once we split in 2015, I had a reawakening and, you know, now we're over 10 X in gross revenue than we ever, that our best year ever was back then. And our three-year goal is to be 20 X in gross revenue to yeah, what yeah. the highest we ever had. But, and I learned a lot about fear. I was probably listening to a podcast and, you know, and I was told that, you know, fear is false events appearing real. And that always, that ever since I heard that maybe around 2015, that just stuck with me because it's about calculated risks. Um, too often lawyers, especially, you know, they will tell you 15 million ways. The answer is no, but they'll never oh, yeah. tell you, yes, this is how you get to yes. And that's why get to yes is one of um, the Rosson law firm's core values, because now I'm just a huge believer in taking calculated risks. But I understand the failure, you know, failure. That's it's scary yeah. for people, especially yeah. for attorneys, for people who have are used to be succeeding, right? Um, in almost everything that they do. So it's tough. But um, that's helped me as well. So so the coaches have helped you. Um, that's fantastic. And and I think this is, you know, your story is just some great uh, learning lessons that that people can take from when you know they're on the cusp of failure or a big decision do you make that big leap or do you not, you know, and, and why? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that core value, Adam, get to yes. Um, when, in terms of speaking about protecting your time, I would tell people get to know, <laughs> right. Getting, getting more done is about saying no to things, not yes to things. No, no to the things that are preventing you from having the life you want and being the person you want to be on sort of a grand fantasy level. Right. But more on the micro level, from having the day you want and then the days the days that you want to have can lead to the weeks you want and the months and the years and it just goes back to how we spend our time show me your calendar and I'll show you your future it's a quote in in my new book coming out and and man it's just so unbelievably true the way we spend our time we all have the same amount of time in any day and the way we spend our time is what differentiates from one another it's cuz we're making decisions every single day with how we make our time. And you can ask my two older kids anyway, what's life about? And they'll say, make making decisions, making choices. Because that, that's what I tell them all the time. You you can choose to be whatever you want, but we're all a product of our own decisions. Well, and I'll go a little further. I think it's what I've learned also as a high school basketball coach for 10 years is that it's consistently making good decisions. That I think is the hardest thing for people to do, especially in what we do, criminal defense. So I would even take that a step further. Now, Brett, I've heard you lecture on your OI90 formula at least twice. And yeah. so the fact that you brought up get to know is fantastic because I heard you talk about that first at a conference last year. And I was like, well, that's nice, but more work for me to do. And then I heard you talk about it again, <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's great, but I got a million things to do. So then um, last October, we were at the Great Legal Marketing Conference and we were there in, in Nashville and you spoke on stage about it again. And I said, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to put this in. And we implemented nice. it with my firm afterwards. And it's been very good for me. It, it's highly, highly, highly recommend that. So I wanted to thank you 
for that. Awesome, dude. That's 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 cool to hear. That's awesome. And I yeah, I know we have limited time on the podcast today, but I want to talk about this book because that's something I don't know about. So tell our our listeners about this great book and you know what's it about and when's it coming out. Yeah, man. Well, we originally had launch scheduled for March 30th, so I don't I don't know when this is going to air, but for us, you know, recording this, it's it's a few weeks away. Probably going to push that back by a week or two. You know, not too far. The book is called 24 Months to Freedom, and I'm I'm making the argument. It's not just for for solo and small, you know, law firm attorneys because there's a lot of people that have hired a, a few, maybe they're like a paralegal or or they have some staff, but they just can't really figure out how to take the next step. You know, I, I mentioned coaching and, and and there's there's different programs and lots of ways people can spend money, but the, it all comes back to one thing. When you break down any program, right? You have to fire yourself from different roles and then continue to staff those roles as you, the owner of the firm, keep focusing on the highest and best use of your time. Like that, that's the bottom, the basis for any any story of growth. It's not, well, you know what? I woke up one day and I realized I need to work 20 hours instead of instead of eight. So I just slept four hours and then I worked for that. You, you never hear that. That's not right. the success story. You sometimes will hear people say, you know, rise and grind and I work so hard and that that never lasts. And most people are full of it when they talk about that anyway. So right. uh, and it's, well, a quick, laying, it's a quick way to personal disaster, too. Right. Because things are going to yeah. suffer relationships, health, uh, your own mindset. Yeah, especially the longer you go on and do it. Now, at the beginning of any entrepreneurial journey, there's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of hustle. There's a lot of extra work, work that you can't expect your employees to do. They don't own the business. You do, right? But in order to have a sustainable and growing business, you you got you to gotta find really good people. And I lay out a program where you can go from zero, one, you know, a handful of people to 24 months later with the right finding the right people and putting them in the right seats and paying them. And this is, you know, where, where sort of my offshore staffing acumen comes in compared, you know, when you hire offshore compared to what you would pay people here when you're a small business, man, it's painful. Every time you make that hire, like, woof, I got to come up with another eight grand per month to cover this person, you know, not even yeah. make money on this person. Right. You, and when you're, when your your overhead rises with your revenue, it just causes you actually more stress um, so I lay out over 24 months. It's, 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 it's focused on law firms, but these are the seven hires that you should make. And at the end, you have the opportunity, then the freedom to do what you want with your law firm, you know, hiring attorneys, hiring paralegals, you know, here in the U S you know, bringing on partners, whatever it is you want to do. And, uh, you know, we're not saying in the book that essentially you're done after 24 months, you're never working again. That's not what this is about, but this is about, reaching the point because we've all felt you know really just the burden of not being able to to make decisions based on our values and when you have the time and money freedom to make decisions based on your values and what you want to do and the type of firm you want to have it's really liberating and that's what the book's about it's called 24 months of freedom so Brett, that sounds to me more like a like a user manual in a way. There's so many books that will tell you about the mindset or the system, but they won't give you the how-to guide. So did you have that specifically in mind when you were writing this book? Yeah. Of, hey, I'm going to tell lawyers how to do it, not just you should do this or what to do. Absolutely. This this is not just uh here here's yeah. I mean, you you nailed that. So the subtitle is, you know, how to X Y and Z. That's probably one of the last things we'll decide on is is the mm -hmm. subtitle but um 
basically how modern law firms are fast tracking their way to success through these specific hires and and then the book and i don't do it in i hope i don't do it in a boring way but i lay out what you look for in this type of person what their job description is and and i'm and i'm putting that whole roadmap together for people that were like you and i back in in probably you know i started hiring in 2014 and you mentioned 2015 adam so about the same timeline having something around like this if i would have read it and believed it and not everybody will but but hopefully people do um following this roadmap will will put you in position to um to finally have that like man this is why i wanted to go in business for myself um it's really could be a roadmap for any small business but you know this is why i wanted to open a law firm myself and now i can i know what my pathway is do i want to 20x my revenue for the best year ever like adam like you said do i want to spend more time with my family do i want to you know keep the law firm small but have it produce a nice lifestyle for me and my kids and etc that's um that's what it's all about right the freedom to make our own decisions Absolutely. And so when that does get launched, um, can we find that on Amazon or where else can we get it? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be on Amazon and um, I will, I'll be posting a lot on social media. I'm, I'm trying to get people to join a, a list for, you know, to it's basically text the word book to whatever number we have and, and uh, you'll be on the list to be the yeah. first one to know when it comes out. We're doing a webinar with um, the guy that's helping write the book. His name's Steve Gordon. He's got many bestsellers himself. So I want to help other people learn how to write books that will will be good for them and their business. And uh, you know, you you hopefully, if we do our marketing the right way, you won't be able to avoid it, Adam. How's that? <laughs> oh, I I know I won't. Well, I'm going to be on there. On the, I'm going to be on the list anyway. But I I know you'll market. Uh, you know, you'll market it like crazy. So that's that's fantastic. Um, Brett, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little uh, break. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor, the Rawson Law Firm. And when we come back, I want to talk more about Get Staffed Up and just how that company got started and where is it going now. When something bad happens, who do you turn to? In South Florida, the answer is the Rawson Law Firm, criminal and DUI defense for when bad things happen to good people. The Rawson Law Firm is a team of six award-winning criminal defense attorneys, including two board-certified criminal trial experts. They also have federal and white-collar divisions in the practice. Every day, the team's mission is simple, to help when bad things happen to good people so they can achieve their best future. To learn more about the team and how they can help you, connect on Facebook and Instagram at Rawson Law Firm. You'll also find helpful and entertaining videos on Rawson Law Firm YouTube channel. Just check this episode's description for all the ways you can connect. All right, and we're back on the Success in South Florida podcast with our special guest today, Brett Tremblay. Now, Brett, I want to talk about Get Staffed Up and just, first of all, kind of give us that uh, superhero origin story of how it came about. Sure. Thanks for asking, Adam. You know, you and I have been talking about our law firms and at my law firm, Tremblay Law Firm in, in, in Miami, we... we we do business law, franchise law, um, really, what you know, employer defense, whatever a business owner kind of needs to protect their business. And things have been going well, had a hiring system that I love that I had been teaching some other people about. And I kind of thought that other people were having success finding good help. And I come to realize, you know, because I was just so focused and tuned in with, with, with my firm um, that not everybody was. And my good friend, also an attorney who was not my my business partner at the time, he mentioned that he had lunch with somebody and they told him about finding good people offshore and 
he kind of disappeared for a while. And when he resurfaced a month later, he had, you know, he had some new offshore employees. And, and I was like, man, you're really onto something. Find somebody for me. So he did. You know, I told him, dude, I, I think you're really onto something here. If, if you want this to be a legitimate business. And I kind of laid out the, the game plan that I saw for it. And and then I made his first two sales for him. And, and we have very complimentary skill sets. And we just said, you know what, let's do this business together. So that was in early 2018. So a little over five years now. We we call our our grand opening though July, you know, Independence Day of, of 2018 because it's kind of like you sign the lease, but you're doing the build out. So we were building the back end of the company for a few months, getting everything in order to launch. And we launched in 2018, pre-pandemic. Things were going well. We were having the conversation with folks about it's okay to hire someone. And, and they only work for you through a computer. Like it happens a lot these days. And that was our biggest objection for two years, Adam. And then the pandemic hits in March, 2020. And suddenly our biggest objection went right out the window and things have just been gangbusters right, right. ever since. So, so here you are and you, know, you had to do a lot more sales in the beginning, right? Of convincing oh, people yeah. to make that decision. Um, and I guess, you know, you, you hit lightning in a bottle, right? So much of it is not just having a great quality product or service, but the timing is right. And so even before, well, at, at what point did you say, hey, we're really on to something here? Was it in that beginning in 2018 or was it really when COVID, you know, helped you t really take off? I hope it doesn't sound too presumptuous, but I knew right away. I, I knew okay. right away. Once once I once it was like, okay, once I worked with a marketing assistant in my law firm who was offshore, I was like, okay, this is this is gonna be incredible because that that's the biggest hurdle when when you're trying to grow a business. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you hire someone here? Let's take marketing. You have all these ideas, you hire someone for, you know, in South Florida, a marketing coordinator, right? Maybe it is 50, maybe it's 65,000, whatever it is. It's somebody who's college educated. When you employ someone here, you always have the additional 30 or so percent because you have, you know, taxes and overhead and all those good things. Yep. So retirement me. accounts, you know, if, you if know, you're running a real business, yeah, you know, exactly everything like, like all of the actual real hard costs that people just don't think about and they don't calculate. So when you hire someone here, the, the general rule of thumb is it's it's between twenty five to forty percent. So if you hire someone for you know for fifty thousand, it's at least another twelve and a half, if not twenty grand. So how do you get a return on that money? How do you know that your speaking is going to pay off? How do you know that you know the networking events this person is going to help you? And and it, it's hard. And so when you start to see the cost savings offshore and all and all that your marketing is is basically done online anyway. It just made so much sense to me, Adam. One of the early, <laughs> I, you know, we everybody ideates, right? And you're sitting like, what do we call this thing? And, and we had so many different names before we settled on Get Staffed Up. But, you know, one of them was like, it makes too much sense.com, right? Brilliantstaffing.com. We, we, <laughs> right. we literally, from the beginning, were like, this thing is going to be big. And, you know, we wanted to do it the right way. That's why we didn't just start selling. We wanted to build a system that was going to be, easier to scale and that's what we spent the first six or so months on but i'm sure your you know your business background helped tremendously from from all the well right have, doing. right ha having having grown a business already with with my main focus once i got rid of got rid of that sounds terrible you know once i was able to 
hand the legal work over to somebody and focus really on growing the law firm. It was all about hiring and finding, you know, a people. So it was taking what I had already built and using that to, to build a business around simply finding great people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, there's, you shouldn't hold back either. I mean, the fact that you had that vision and saw what it could be early on is a, is a credit, is a credit to you. You know, that's probably why you're here where you are because um, you really truly believed in it and you were able to go all in with it, you know, yeah. even in, in 2018. So, yeah, I mean. But, but listen, like you said, timing sometimes is everything in life and the timing couldn't have been better um, for, you know, for better or worse. Obviously, I wish we never had a global pandemic, but we were set up to deliver and and we're still scaling and, and now we're we're working with larger law firms and, and putting, you know, 20 to 30 people in larger law firms at once instead of only doing, you know, one-off deals and diversifying and other companies are asking us, can we recruit for them? And and the whole thing is just, um, it's not going to slow down. So it's, um, you know, a good timing, you know, betting on ourselves again and, and a lot of, a lot of perseverance because I've never scaled a business before to this extent. So we're right back to sort of failing your way forward and learning as you go. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, what are, you know, kind of that, what's that five, 10 year vision for Get Staffed Up? Yeah, we're, we're just going to expand. Um, you know, people always ask us, why only lawyers and, and, and law firms? And we, we believe niches bring riches. But within the next three years, we'll have multiple brands and we'll be doing recruiting for a lot of, a lot of different uh, companies, not only ourselves, if that makes sense. Because, you know, what we've built, the and I should mention, by the way, a lot of people have this idea of, of offshoring and they think of, of you know, India, uh, which we've all had our, our issues there with with phones and, and, you know, not having good impressions or or the Philippines. And that's not what we do, Adam. Our, you know, there's always a, a cheaper mousetrap, but what we hang our hat on is quality. And we really just dominate the recruiting in Latin America and when you're recruiting people out of Latin America who their English is just impeccable, at least the people we recruit, right? Not every single person in Latin America, but college educated, good infrastructure, ability to learn, you know, and I had someone send me a message on Facebook the other day. He's like, man, your people really appreciate working a lot more than, than people here that work for me in the U.S. And it's true for whatever reason. It was like pandemic hit, free money, and nobody wanted to work anymore. Like, how do I make yeah. money online so that I can experience this lifestyle? I'm not putting anybody down who's thinking that because, heck, yeah, who wouldn't want to make money as an influencer or just posting things online, right? I mean, that's kind of, it, it, it's certainly in a lot of ways can be to nine to five. So I'm not putting anybody down, but it's really, really hard to find good people now in the United States to do work that needs to be at a, a lower price because you can't charge someone $300 if it takes you an hour to open their file, right? It doesn't work that way. Right, right. Yeah. And and for us, you know, we, we had huge pain points as well. I mean, we tripled the firm during or from COVID uh, because of the decisions mm -hmm. that we made. So it was a great, great timing for us, but also to go from six to 20 employees in two years it was like, oh, geez, you know, we, we've had a lot of trouble with it, but we're finally um, doing well now. And, you know, our, our marketing assistant from Get Staffed Up, we absolutely love her. She is fantastic and we could not be happier, but just work ethic, skill, personality. You know, we, we do a lot to make her feel, you know, as an amazing part of, of our team because she is, 
And I was talking with one of um, my business coaches recently, and we were just talking about, about global, right. About hiring globally. And he said, he goes, you know, cause I was like, well, you know, obviously the cost savings is tremendous, but he said, Adam, he goes, don't just look at it as that. He said, you need to be in the business of finding the best global talent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you are a talent collector, right? And if you can't get yep. it here in the States, then look elsewhere because there are some amazingly talented people in Central and South America. And he's like, and that needs to be your mindset shift from just cheap, 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 cheap labor. And, you know, he said it and I really paused and thought about it. And I said, you know, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, at my firm, we're looking to do big things and we need to have the best global talent. So that that was that was impactful for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's probably the one thing we run into. It's like, I get what you guys are saying, but now I'm going to go try to do it myself. It's like, all right, well, you know, there have been some people who, who have, have done well that way, but it's like anything else, you know, like you're a lawyer, you meet someone and, and they they they're buying what you're selling and they're like but i'm still gonna go look for a cheaper attorney right like i'm still gonna go think about the dollars and not the time savings or the quality and i think that's where people get into the the offer like I've, i could find a va out of bangladesh for four dollars an hour like geez right. like like <laughs> right. what 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 how what quality are those hours gonna be they're gonna charge you for 40 right we're gonna get a like total aggregate a few good hours out of them like come on you want the best of the best, and that's the way to grow. If you you want an A team, you got to hire A people. Right. Well, you know, I was on a coaching call last week, and I was talking about how, you know, one of our our answering service made a mistake about a month ago and cost us a very large fee on a, on a big case, and they were suggesting a different one. And I was like, well, yes, but this other one charges you know X amount per call, and it seems expensive. And of course, I knew where it was going because I'm working this through in my head as I'm speaking. And, and immediately they said, well, Adam, how much was the case that you lost, right? That could pay for how many months of this service, of this new service? What are you doing? Why are you thinking like that? It's all a mindset issue and, and you're better than that. And of course, I just started laughing. I'm like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> you know, sometimes, right, when you're in, in a group like this, you know the answer and the response as the words are coming out of your mouth. Um, but it was nice yeah. to do that. So now we're we're looking into things and you know, we're gonna be working with, you know, investing into our time and with a better company um for our, our clients yeah. and our team. So it's it's yeah, very, very similar stuff. So uh, Brett, now you know, we're we're gonna have to wrap this up, but what are just maybe one or two of the biggest takeaways or pieces of advice that you would give for somebody, anybody doesn't have to be a lawyer, but just of, of how they can achieve, you know, some success, uh, whether it's business, personal, really anything in their, in their lives, just to, to better themselves and, and, you know, be more successful. Try delegating something you really don't like doing or that you know, you shouldn't be doing because I have this conversation with so many people and I'm around our clients, obviously hiring so they can delegate. I forget how many tens of thousands of people out there still don't do it right. They don't, they don't take that little nugget. Like, that's ah, not me. It's too hard. It's going to take too much time. Like just get rid of some things and watch what it does to your, your mental headspace and also your productivity. Look how much more you get done. Adam, the reason that you can be on this podcast today is because you're not doing something else today. Right. I mean, right. It's, it's kind yeah. of that simple, but like, does that mean that those, whatever that is, is, is it getting neglected? No, 
your business is it's getting done what it needs to get done. Someone else is doing it. And that's like that's where the rubber meets the road is is your your business needs sales, it needs marketing, it needs you to do the legal work, but it doesn't have to be you. And the more it is you, the less you would be able to do things like this. Right. You're you're absolutely right. And you even forgot one one other thing. As much as I'm the type of person that loves to figure out how things work, because I really do, if I was in charge of making this whole podcast happen, it would never, ever happen. Although in a perfect world, you know, that kind of interests me to figure these technical things out, but I've realized I just can't do that anymore. So even, you know, we're all here thankful today, not just because some people are helping, you know, we have an amazing team here to do the legal work and everything else in my firm. But even just getting this podcast, you know, right? Um, big thanks to Tessa, who's on here as well for everything that yep. she does. And then we even, you know, we have a, a third party company that we use to do a lot of the post production and edits. And if this was seven years ago, I'd want to do every single thing myself. And you know what? I've wanted to do a podcast for about seven years. And it finally started in 2023 because uh, now I've learned to delegate. So, well, you know, um, let me proof is in the pudding, in the, in the pudding right there. Yeah, and let me make a comment. And I, I, I promise you, I would say this regardless of, of, of who you were and where you are and all those things. Because I've been on so many podcasts over the past three years. And I'll ask the person, you know, well, who, who's who's cutting this up for you? Who's editing it? Who's putting it on? And like, oh, and, and then I, I get the old song and dance where they don't want to answer me directly, you know, because I've just talked about delegating. And they're like, I guess right. I should probably hire someone. <laughs> it's like, I don't think the best time to start a podcast is when it's just, like you, you don't have time to do anything else. Right. And that goes back to what we were saying. Like, yeah, it's about just doing it, taking action, but like you, you also want to have calculated action, right? You want to, you want to build towards this moment where you can comfortably sit down, have a podcast ready because you showed up, you're going to record this and then you're done with it. Other people want to start a podcast because it's distracting them from the fact they're not doing a bunch of other things. In my, in my opinion. And so then. They're going to spend their own time editing the podcast, promoting the podcast, you know, emailing the person back, asking for co-promotion. I could go on and on about all the post-production things. But when you've delegated those properly and other things in your life, then you will have that dedicated time to, to not worry about, OK, I'm doing something else. But the other thing I was supposed to be doing is now being neglected. That's a crappy right. feeling. I still remember signing up cases where I'm like, oh my God, now who's going to do the work? Is it going to be me? And it takes away from the, the, you know, the excitement of signing up that case. But when you have people to kick butt, to do good things and, and to have a really good firm or business behind you, that's when it becomes really fun. Yeah. And regarding the podcast, I'll say, I think that's the difference between treating it as a hobby and treating it as a professional podcast. Right. And there's still way too many people, regardless of what it is, maybe it's their law firm. They treat it as a hobby. And for some, it could be a, yeah. you know, a decently or high paid hobby. Right. But that's not a real business. They're not professionals. So I think that's, that's yeah. another way that as you're mentioning this, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it through in my head. Now, Brett, final question. Okay. Let's say it's, you are transported back into 2014. You're just starting to get serious about your law firm everything that you know now, what is the, and so for the listeners out there, what is, and it doesn't have to be for a law firm, but what is the very first job or um, duties that you would delegate? 
And maybe this is chapter, you know, one or two of the book. It's chapter three, which is the first chapter of who the heck you should hire. I I don't even need to make it my argument. One of one of the most respected sort of time is nice time saving, like marketing gurus and, and a guy that talks about how to spend your time is a guy named Perry Marshall. And he argues that if you make over $40,000 a year, you need your own personal assistant, right? Like if you don't have an assistant, Adam, you are an assistant. The very, 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 very first thing I would do is hire an executive assistant to do at that point in time, a lot of everything, a lot of like whatever it is I need done. If you're going to open a restaurant, probably the first thing you want to do is like, who's going to cook the food, right? If you're opening uh, a personal services business, you're really the one that first day is going to do the work, but you need someone else. Like if you're out, if you're a plumber and you're, you're on a call, right? You're at someone's house, like, who is taking care of the back end? Are you, are you, who's taking care of the leads? Who's answering the phone? Who's booking you so that when you're done with one call, you're on to the next. You, as a, as a personal services, you know, business owner, you absolutely have to have somebody else. You know what drives me nuts? I'll tell you what drives me nuts. And I'm usually, I'm usually pretty caring about how I say a lot of these things because I was the person who couldn't figure this out and couldn't delegate or hire all that good stuff. Uh, give it to but us for wrong, some reason. What's that? That give it to us raw and unscripted. Yeah. The 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 criminal defense attorney who and this happens so often with them. I'm like, hey, you know, have you ever like this gonna sound like I was trying to sell them, but just like a conversation with a friend, like who answers your phones? Oh my god, you would act like like a freaking, you know, I insulted their mother, like, oh well, no, it's gotta be me, my clients have to for me, me, and you just get all these reasons and and you can feel their energy change and and just like these excuses, and I'm like, well, if you're in court, who the heck's answering your phone? Like, the, the nobody they're respects in court the all attorney. day long. Yeah, they should be like nobody, and nobody respects the 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 lawyer who answers his own phone. It means you're not busy. You don't have business. You need your phones answered. You don't need to be the one answering the phone. And you know, as somebody with uh, a criminal defense law firm, Adam, that's good for you, right? The people trying to get those cases, you know, I know we're trying to help them, but if they can't get out of their own way, it only helps you. I mean, do you guys have have a problem signing up new cases because you don't answer the phone? No, not, not at all. Not in the, and in the, in the proof's all, in the pudding. All those objections are absolutely false. And you know, luckily for us and, you know, my firm, I mean, we can talk for two hours about why we've been able to you know, grow the way that we have. But a lot of it is just because of that fixed and limited mindset that criminal defense attorneys have. So very good for us, uh, very bad for them. But um, exactly, you know, <laughs> right. so their right. criminal defense lawyers by and large are not the savviest um, of attorneys as far as running yeah. a business. Um, some of them are right. fantastic trial lawyers, but they, you know, you can't, you're just stifling your growth and your ability to help more people um, without it. So we, you know that maybe we'll we'll bring you back on for part two and we'll talk about that. So executive there assistant, it's funny you say that because I still don't have one and I've been talking about it for a year. And at our last, wow. um, no, oh. and, and at our our last um our most recent annual meeting that we had with our leadership team, we've committed to getting 
a virtual executive assistant for the um, to share among our leadership team. And I believe we should be contacting you guys soon about setting that up. So that's, uh, that's been on okay. our mind for the last few weeks, because that's kind of, for me, the, the big missing piece. Absolutely. Yeah. We, everyone on our leadership team, um, it didn't happen overnight. We didn't, we didn't all do this day one, but everyone on our leadership team has their own personal assistant and it's, it's a game changer. Um, and I don't mean only mean like, you know, laundry, you know, those kind of things. Cause obviously we're talking offshore. I mean, like scheduling your email, all of the things that get in the way. So, um, good for you, man. And uh, listen, on that note, what I want to do is, is to your, uh, probably at this point, millions of listeners already on the success podcast, hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> there you go is, um, you know, we, we create a little landing page, get slash success podcast. And there's a little discount for uh, anybody just to give you a, a, another little nudge. If you're on the fence, I mean, you know, take, take that action. Right. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. We'll definitely be promoting that and letting all of our listeners know they are growing by the day and by the week. So, you know, we're very happy about that. And yeah, and you're always so generous and showing another great example of how you are also a master marketer. So there's always nuggets that you can learn from just even, you know, listening to people and, and hearing them and, and saying, hmm, he's doing this. Why? Okay. I could do that too. So fantastic. So there's a, you know, a subtle, subtle marketing hint. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's the exact right attitude, Adam. I'll tell you, I've never seen a good marketing idea. I didn't want to borrow. Yep. Yep. Agree. So, Brett, thanks so much. This was fantastic. Some great information. Our listeners are going to be you know, very excited to hear about this. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, at some point in the future, we can bring you back on and, and see how the book's doing and maybe talk about just criminal defense lawyers in general. <laughs> Anytime, Adam. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Right, of course.